Well, a few weeks ago, just a few weeks ago, <laughs> never feels like it's, it's, it feels like it's been forever, but um, Jackie and I were blessed to be able to journey to Wisconsin Rapids uh, to our district's pastor and spouse retreat. Uh, now, this is one of the very few times in a year. Yeah, my daughter is like, how dare you go on vacation with me right now? Um, this is one of the very few times during a year that we uh, get to have face-to-face interaction with other ministry couples from our district. Uh, it's also a nice time to relax, spend time together as a couple, and, you know, not just rush around trying to do things, you know, get things accomplished. Now, we had the speaker there at this event. His name is Dr. Scott Sherwood. And uh, Dr. Sherwood, or as Jackie and I know him as, Pastor Scott, um, he was elected recently this last year to be the president of Nazarene Bible College. And Jackie and I had a lovely time reconnecting with Scott and his wife, Sherry, swapping stories about life and ministry and parenting. Now, during one of the sessions, one of the teaching sessions, Dr. Sherwood spoke about the core values of the Church of the Nazarene. Um, I could remember it wrong, however, but he didn't just start out by saying, all right, everybody, now we're going to talk about the three core values of the Church of the Nazarene. And they're important, and you all better know this. You better be taking notes. There's going to be a quiz later. No, he didn't say that. He just kind of ninja snuck it in there. He just started speaking, and, and he shared this good news with us. I appreciated his message so much that today I felt like I really wanted to pass it along and share a little bit of what I picked up from it with you. Uh, so that being said, uh, some of the ways that he presented it, I'm, I'm using it, but I'm not going to direct quote him every single time. I didn't take that good of notes by hand. Now, one of the last things I ever expected to hear at a retreat full of ministry couples was a mini course on the core of Nazarene values and beliefs. It was refreshing, and I'm grateful for it, but I wasn't expecting it. But anyway, let's dive into it, shall we? Um, Again, I have this dry erase board up here, and uh, I want to ask for your help. Usually during messages, we don't generally ask people to shout things out. That's usually a small group Sunday school setting uh, kind of discussion thing. Usually I'll just let the preacher preach, and that's fine. Um, But I do need your help, and so um, we're going to be talking about these three different areas, and then underneath I'm going to write down what your thoughts are as best summary as I can on these particular topics. It might be helpful to you to voice what it is that you think and believe on these, as well as it might be good for everybody else to hear what you think and believe, and then we will be able to talk about them. Now, the first one that we're going to look at here, I'm going to write it up here in the dry erase board, might not be hard for you to believe, is the word Christian. When somebody says, what is the church of the Nazarene all about? What are they? Um, the first word that comes into our core beliefs is that we're a Christian people. Uh, but have you ever had a conversation with another person and they're, they're a Christian and perhaps they're discussing the very basics of Christianity? And of course, you know, we just had a recent message series just ended last week where we did talk about the very basics of the Christian faith in general. But if somebody were to describe, if that person you're talking to would describe what the gospel or the good news is all about, what would they say? What might they say? And this is the part where I need your help. What do you think they would say or what might you say in that conversation? What's, 
What would they, how would they describe the gospel, the good news, or Christianity? Okay. Okay. What else? Bible. Bible. Okay. What else? We got belief in Christ and we got Bible. What other words or phrases come to mind when you think of Christian? To be a Christian people, what does that mean? Forgiveness of our sins. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Faith, just shout it out. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Okay. I know the words are small. Sorry. Okay, what else? What? No, you don't have anything, you're just mouthing things, so that's fine. <laughs> what else? Live like Christ. Okay. Live like Christ. Anybody else? Anybody else? We got belief in Christ, Bible, forgiven of sins, Jesus saves, live like Christ. When you're trying to explain what Christians believe or what they're all about, how would you describe it? And these are some good ones. You might also describe, you know, that Christ died for the sins of the world. You might start saying that. You might talk about Jesus' blood covering us. So uh, one of the ideas is that God can't see our sins through that blood, and that's a whole other topic. But some people might say that Jesus is God's son and that he's perfect. That might be part of this piece of conversation. That his sacrifice brings us forgiveness and a restored relationship with God. Talk about sin being broken apart and God wants to bring us back together in a tight relationship with him. But would they go any further? Because I think a lot of this is, is a lot about Christianity is all about salvation. And that's really where a lot of us shine. It's where we talk about, right? It's our... It, it seems it should be our starting point, but usually it's the points. It's the only piece that we talk about, right? It's the good news, and it kind of looks like this. It makes us okay in God's eyes, or, or justified. Or some people would use that word and say, just if I'd never sinned is the concept there with justified. And there it is. We're all done. Uh, we're good with God, so we can just go on. We can go to church service and sing about that restored relationship. We can talk about it in front of others. We might even study God's word to understand it better, but it's all done. It's good. It's good. We're Christians now, and that's great. Uh, But that's, it's not done, right? See, this work, if we were to describe it, this is the work that God did for you, for us. If the way that this is phrased, it's the work that God does for us. You see, God, he sent his son. That son, he died for you and me. You are, we do have a response. We can accept that gift of forgiveness that he provides or reject that gift of forgiveness that he provides. But once again, he's the one providing it. And so this is the work that God did for you and for me. But we do believe that God doesn't stop there. 
even though this might be 90% of what we usually talk about when we talk about being a Christian. It just seems to come out. Once you accept that free gift, you don't, it doesn't stop there. But as much as it seems like we focus an awful lot on the person uh, to place where they accept Christ and, and get, them, get them to that place where they accept Christ and make that profession of faith, accepting what Jesus has done for them, Jesus isn't done. He doesn't stop with what he did for us. He actually wants to do something in us. He desires his spirit to dwell within us, to guide our life, to help us love God with all that we are, love our neighbor as ourself. And there, we're talking about the second piece. The second piece is holiness. Now, there's a, there's a buzzword if I've ever heard one, Holiness. What do you think about when you hear the word holy or holiness? This is that response piece here. What words or phrases come to mind when you hear the word holy or holiness? Purification. Okay. Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Okay. What else? If you were to describe it to somebody, what it looks like to live holy, what might you describe? Changed lives. Say again? Changed lives. Okay. So your life has changed. Okay. That's. Needs yes. Okay. Did you have one, Byron? No. Okay. Anybody else? I think set apart. Set apart. Okay. And y'all are good. I can give you enough credit. It's good. What else? I mean, sometimes we have good examples of holiness in front of us, and perhaps not so good examples, right? And it's okay to tell us what you think some, somebody else might think about holiness um, if they have maybe not the greatest example lived out in front of them. What might somebody say holiness looks like? Well, these are, these are really, really good. We got purification, Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, changed lives, set apart. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Um, and, and we've had lots of examples in our lives probably of people who've lived this out. But perhaps we've got an idea that holiness means something else. Maybe it means that we never make a mistake. That it means you never sin again. This work that God wants to do in you and me is to conform our hearts, minds, and life to be more and more like his son. 
He desires us not to struggle with temptations that we've given into our whole life. Christianity is not about being forgiven over and over and over again for the same exact sin, the same failing, and hoping, hoping that we're forgiven when we die, that we re-upped our forgiveness card right before biting the big one. No. God creates in us a pure and new heart. Psalm 51.10 through 12 says this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast from me your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I feel like later on, Paul in the New Testament said it very well in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And that's the very beginning of our, our key passage today. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You see, in a moment, Jesus can and does make you new. Change lives, Bev said. Can and does make you new, but there's also a process of renewal. Moment by moment, his Holy Spirit is shaping and molding you into the image of Christ. And we follow Jesus, we follow him, the person, not just a set of teachings that he left behind not just some wise instruction that somebody scribbled down in a book. The very Son of God, that's who we follow. That's who we're disciples of. Holy also refers to being set apart for his purposes. We got that up there on the board. Set apart for his purposes. John records one of Jesus' prayers in John 17. Starts at verse 14 and goes on to 19. says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by your truth, the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Jesus sets us apart for his purposes. The Holy Spirit dwells within us and makes us new. The world doesn't want, doesn't know what to do with holiness people. Have you noticed? It's because holiness and sanctified people are not of this world. It confuses the world. So salvation is what God has done for us. Holiness or sanctification, that's the work that God does in us, making us more like Christ each and every day, setting us apart for his purposes through the Holy Spirit's power. So we've got Christian, we've got holiness. Now, the third piece is this word, missional. Missional. Now, What is your first impression when you hear the words mission or missionary? Your first impression when you hear the word mission or missionary. Everybody's got an idea on this one, I know. This is your opportunity to speak up. Mission or missionary? Okay. 
goes to another country, Bev. Sherry. Sherry. Gotcha. What else? Compassion. Compassion. Okay. What's your first impression? Words or phrases that pop out when you hear the word or words mission or missional? Obedience. Missionary. Obedience. Okay. Anything else? A certain purpose. A certain purpose. Nice. Certain purpose. Okay. Yeah, Faith. A calling. A calling. Good. So we have. Goes to another country, sharing, compassion, obedience, a certain purpose, a calling. What else? What else do you think? Different language. There we go. I'm bad at spelling. Don't judge me. Okay. What else? Anything else? Yeah. Oh, okay. Persecution. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, that's a good list. I think when I was thinking about this word, I didn't get a phrase or a, um, just a word. I was thinking of, of my experience and perhaps you had a similar one. Maybe you've never had this one. You see, when I was a kid, I grew up as a church kid, and I, I uh, was brought to Sunday night services, whether I understood what was going on at them or not. And uh, my parents would bring me to the occasional one where there would be a missionary presenting stuff, right? Uh, and I don't really remember a whole lot about what happened, but probably because I was turned around in the pew, kneel, kneeled down playing with action figures and trying to... Keep quiet, I guess. Um, but I do remember a few things about one or two of the examples that I, I saw. You see, there would be a, a, a slideshow of some sort or video projection in the sanctuary. And this is an odd thing. Um, growing up as a kid in the 80s and 90s, this is technology that didn't happen, right? The best we had there was overhead dry erase projectors. So any advanced technology got me to pay attention. We saw photos of missionaries traveling to villages and speaking to people. We heard stories of churches being planted, lots of people hearing the message of the gospel for the very first time in their own language. So important to hear the good news in your own language. And many would come to, to a saving relationship with Jesus. We look back at that, sec- that passage in uh, 2 Corinthians, starting at verse 17 and continue on. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. 
All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And just in case, if you forgot what the message was of reconciliation, that one that we're supposed to pass along, Paul then tags this on in verse 21. He says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Just in case you want to know what this message was, that we're, we're helping reconcile people to God, here it is. So we're God's ambassadors, that the right relationship that we have with God, Christian, the moment and process of making us like God's son, holiness, that propels us to share this good news with the world. How could we keep it to ourselves? If you didn't know, the Church of the Nazarene, it's a denomination, is 113 years old this year. When it was formed, it was made up of many like-minded Christian churches that had missionary works all over the world. And the story goes that missionaries out in the field, as they called it, were, got the news that their denominations, their churches, uh, formed together to form the Church of the Nazarene. And they're like, that's great. And then they promptly turned around and kept doing the same work they were doing. Didn't change anything about what they were doing in the field as missionaries. Missional work, bringing the gospel to the world has always been at the core of what it means to be a Nazarene, even before the church existed. Now back to my experience of hearing the missionaries when I was a kid. Another piece of missionary work that they would tell us was infrastructure. I didn't know what that word meant, but things that people needed in order to live. They would always think about these things when they would come in with a new missional work. One of many, and still to this very day, uh, is digging wells and uh, installing pumps for water. And one of the greatest problems in third world countries still to this day is low or no access to clean drinking water. It's usually that first thing that everyone focuses on coming to that area. They spent all day, people would, without that clean drinking water, they'd travel to get it and travel back. Well, if all you're doing is traveling to get water, you can't really provide for your family very well, now can you? It makes meeting other needs that they have difficult when basic needs aren't met. No one stops to listen to the gospel when basic needs aren't met, right? It's why when towards the end of a, of a service and you're hungry for lunch, people check out mentally because they're ready to have it. Jesus knew this principle very well, this principle of missions. He did the miracle of the loaves and fishes, not once, but twice. You see, people were hungry. They needed food and couldn't hear the word at the same time. Well, Jesus then provided. He took away that distraction so that they were freed up to listen. Missional works, that's more than just a mindset. It's more, of, more than... It is a mindset rather than a program. Now, you might think of it as a program. Sure, you can go to school for ministerial missions and apply to the Global Ministry Center to become a missionary. That's something you can do if you want to. 
However, a Christian who is being made in the likeness of Christ shares the good news of God wherever God sends them. You can be a missionary in Vernon County. (laughs) You could be a missionary in Wisconsin, in the Midwest, even, yes, in the United States. And believe it or not, people from outside the United States are saying are sending their missionaries here. That's an interesting idea. They are sending their missionaries here. Why? Because we're so lost. To be honest with you, this is the place where new believers could be formed. Anywhere God calls you, if you are willing to share the good news, the peace of Christ, there you are being missional. That's that third core belief. It's what God wants to do through us. So now I want to kind of walk us through a time of self-reflection. You see, these core values aren't something that the church of the Nazarene made up. They didn't start the church and then say, Hey, Phineas, what do you think we should do with this new church that we formed? Well, I don't know, Phoebe. Maybe follow Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit empower us to spread the good news all over the world. Does that sound like something that we should do? Oh, it couldn't hurt. (laughs) No, rather, these are descriptions of how God called us to live out the truth. They aren't goals for us to strive for. They are our very identity. Christian, holiness, and missional. So reflect on this, and you've got this in your bulletin so you can think about it this week. How do you see these core values in your life? How do they show themselves in your day-to-day life? Think about that to yourself. Where do I see this? Where do they show up? And then think, if they aren't showing up in your life, might I suggest starting from the beginning? The beginning, that message in verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you feel like you're saved? Do you know it? But maybe just barely, maybe you just feel like you're just barely saved. Like you have to renew your salvation every three seconds because you're just not quite sure. Um, One of the forefathers of the faith would talk about the blessed assurance that comes with the Holy Spirit uh, speaking into your heart and life. And we sing about blessed assurance. And that's really what we're talking about, knowing that you know that you're saved. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to just stop there. He wants to sanctify you and cleanse you and set you apart for his purpose. Do you know that you're in right standing with God? You see how he's making you move uh, like his son, making you more like his, like his son every single day, but you're not quite sure what to do with your life. You see God making you into his image, but you're not sure what's next. Perhaps you need a mission. And this is one thing, I don't, I don't know if I heard this from other people, I probably did, but I feel so strongly to share this every time I talk about it. It's so important that no matter where you are in life, whatever stage of life, no matter what age you are, no matter where you live, you are uniquely positioned to reach the people that no one else will be able to reach. Your experience, your story, who you are, 
who God has made you to be. You are uniquely equipped and positioned to reach people that no one else will be able to do. It might just be as simple as being mission-minded in all that you do, in all your normal things. One of the major things that we can do to keep missional-minded is to pray for missionaries and to pray for the things and the works that they're doing out in the field, but to also keep reminding yourself that being missional-minded is not just going somewhere, it is being who God has called you to be where you are. Christian, holiness, and missional. These core values are the core values of the Church of the Nazarene. It's what God did for us and continues to do for us, what he wants to do in us, and what he wants to do through us for his glorious purpose. I want you to bow your heads this morning. I'm going to ask and and do something I don't normally do. Uh, We don't usually ask for an altar call. It was a traditional thing that people did every single Sunday. Um, But I, this morning, earlier this morning, I kind of talked to God and I said, you know what? You want me to do this? It's fine. I'm not too concerned about how it all turns out. It's not about me. But I want you to think in your own heart as an individual here today, where are you? Do you know Jesus? Do you know his salvation? If not, this might be a day that you can pray to ask to receive that free gift that he provided on the cross. If that's something that you want to do today, I want to ask that you, the the altar is open. If you'd like to come and pray, and I'm open to pray with you today if you'd like me to. But to ask Jesus to come into your life. You may do it there, but there's some sense of commitment when you come down and lay yourself on the altar. You are the sacrifice, if you will. You're laying your pride down. If that's you today, I wanna ask that you stand up and come forward and, and kneel at the altar. If you have a sense today, moving on to that next piece, and you can come down at any time, the altar is open this, this morning. If you have a sense today that, yes, I know that I'm saved, but I, I keep tripping over my own feet, and I keep thinking that I'm, God's not working in me, I don't, I don't know what it is, I need the Holy Spirit to empower me, I need to be free of the temptations and sins that used to trap me before I knew Jesus. If that's you today, maybe you need to be sanctified through and through. I want to invite you to come down to the altar and we'll pray. If you just want to pray about whatever, you may. Lastly, I want to ask, has God impressed upon you a call to missions? Whether it be a formal call or a call right where you live. If he is impressed upon you for a specific call, again, I want to invite you to come down to the altar to pray. So three phase. You want to ask for salvation. You want to, work, you want to pray for sanctification. You want to affirm and clarify a call to missions. This is your time. This is your day. 
Again, the altar's open, and I'm more than open to pray with you now or after the service today. Just give you a few more minutes. Holy Spirit, we bow before you today. We ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would help us to hear from you. What is it that you're calling us toward? Do we need to start a relationship with you because we've never had one? May we keep falling in the same pit over and over again. We need to accept your salvation for the very first time in our life. If that's us, Lord, I pray, whoever it is today that needs to hear that, to pray, Jesus, forgive me. I accept your free gift. I believe in you. Help me to live for you all my life. God, I pray for those who need to take that next step of faith. We need you, Holy Spirit, to cleanse us and set us apart for your purposes. We commit to you today in our hearts today as we pray. Holy Spirit, come and purify our hearts and life. Empower us to do your will. And God, I pray that if you have called us specifically to a specific mission, that we would not delay. Not to be like Jonah who goes the opposite direction. But Lord, to go the right way, the direction that you've called us to with all that we are. And we'll say yes to that call to missions today. God, we are grateful for these founding principles of what it means to be a Nazarene. And there's a whole lot more to it, Lord. But at the very core, this is who we are. We're Christian, we're holiness, and we're missional people not because we strive to be that, but because that is who you have called us to be. And we say yes at every step, at every level that you've decided us, desired for us to be. We love you, Jesus. Bless us this day. In your name we pray, amen.